The following is a presentation of KSL Sports. First and 12. A total roundup of this weekend's BYU football and the new look Big 12 Conference. First and 12 is sponsored by Macy's Grocery Store. Your hosts are Mitch Harper and Alex Keery on KSL News Radio and the KSL Sports Zone. Howdy, Big 12 fans. Coming to you from the great state of Texas. Oh, you're in, here. you're in Texas for five seconds, and suddenly you're a Texan, Mitch Harper. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, coming to you from Austin, Texas, Mitch Harper, Alex Carey. Happy Sunday to all of you. First and 12, wherever you're listening, KSL News Radio, the KSL Sports Zone, the KSL Sports app, or the podcast. If you're listening on demand, we appreciate all of you tuning in every single week to get your weekly breakdown on the Big 12. We've got so much to unpack, Alex. I mean, this BYU-Texas game here in Austin that took place yesterday and just another crazy week in this Big 12. We are just so lucky to have this this show because so much great content unpack every single week. Every single week, and, of course, we uh, start things. That, you know I'm a Texan native. I was born in Austin. <laughs> I'm a Travis County kid, man. I know. Now, that being said, I – don't remember one second of when we lived in Austin. But you know what? Uh, I've been back a few times since, and I I hope you were able to partake of some decent barbecue at least. Maybe you went for a nice run. Maybe you got snuck in like a half marathon on Saturday morning before the game. It seems a little bit like your vibe, right? No. Anything <laughs> running, that is so not me. I am not you the know those TV guys, though. broadcaster type uh, that says, I did a hike up White Mountain before the game. Like, no. no but that you know is what? not me at all. Hey. Your your co-host on Cougar Sports Saturday. I talked to I talked to Matt and he goes, got to kayak down the Colorado River. I was like, dude, why do you have to keep Austin weird? You don't have to show up and keep Austin weird, bro. Come on. Got some oh, Terry's Black Barbecue. So yeah, I, I <laughs> that's good. good. Yeah. That is good. You guys did it. Well, let's kick things off. It's our Big Twelve headlines from another week in the conference. Let's jump to it. Twelve. Twelve headlines. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. The dozen storylines that shape this week of Big 12 football. Headline one. The Kansas Jayhawks, they get that big breakthrough win, defeating Oklahoma with Jason Bean at quarterback. KU is bowl eligible for the second consecutive year. Yeah, and headline two is that Oklahoma is just like all those other teams with just one loss in conference, a bunch of 4-1 and one teams in conference right now at the top of the standings, and now you got work to do. You were in your own – you were controlling your own destiny if you were the Sooners, and you know that target's on your back. You are big time uh, having people coming after you, and, and now you took that loss to Kansas. That's not one you planned. And you got a long rest of the rest of the schedule there too for Oklahoma. Four more games. Everybody else trying to knock you off of that thing too. So I can't imagine them getting out of this thing unscathed. We're going to have some tiebreakers to figure it out uh, going forward. I think at the end of the season here, see who's going to play in Arlington. Take Tech or Kansas making a great case to say that they're going to be a mainstay in this Big 12 in years to come. As headline number three, one of those outgoing members, Texas, they just methodically took down BYU 35 to six. We'll have a lot more on this game, but uh, a tough setback for BYU. Yeah, and that headline four is that BYU's offense is just, I mean, a massive question mark. Or maybe you have the answer for what they are because you are, you know what they are now. You know that they are not producing, and something drastic might have to change for that BYU offense to get things going. But, yeah, six points on the board and less than 300 yards of offense, again, for BYU. 
for another time this season. It's been it's been really really hard for A Rod's offense to get things going here. Headline number five: Kansas State continues to look like a defending Big 12 champ. 41-0 win over Houston. Will Howard got the start at quarterback, and he was really good. 15 of 17, 164, two touchdowns, no picks. K State is rolling. Yeah, and you know. <laughs> Houston had that nice game where they came out and almost did it against Texas at home. And then, I mean, to, losing 41 to 0, I don't, I mean, scoring zero points for a Houston offense who has so many athletes, that's embarrassing. That's, that's you guys on a massive hangover, not being able to figure out after you put all your eggs in your basket against Texas. And then Kansas State uh, finding, finding their footing while Houston just doesn't know who they are still in this league. Number seven, West Virginia. They're one step closer to getting bowl eligible. Might be time to get that contract extension fired up for Neil Brown, who looked to be on the hot seat. They get a 41-28 win at UCF in Orlando. Five and three are the Mountaineers. Yeah, I thought it was super weird. Like, that's a game where I thought UCF would have taken a lot from last week against Oklahoma and gone. You know what? We almost beat the conference, top, the top dog in the conference. We've kind of figured some things out. We run the football really well. Uh, and, and John Rice Plumley is our leader, but no such luck. I mean, at at Orlando, it's crazy. UCF and Cincinnati, this is headline number eight. UCF and Cincinnati, both winless in conference. That's a shock to me. I think Cincinnati is, is, a, is a head scratcher for sure, but UCF was supposed to be a team that we were talking about in the top four or five, Mitch. Yeah, everyone in around the Big 12 media thought if, of the newcomers, UCF was the most ready to step in and have success. But, you know, when you throw three picks in a game like John Rice Plumley did on Saturday, Jeez. you're not going to win many ball games in this league. And just the, the struggles of that moving up from the AAC to the Big 12, it's a lot bigger jump than I think people realize. Number nine, Oklahoma State. They put the hammer down on Cincinnati. Ollie Gordon, another big game. This Cowboys team, man, they are getting hot at the right time. Six and two, bowl eligible. That's just what Mike Gundy does. He always <laughs> gets to the postseason. I mean, think about how weird that loss was to USA. Oh, USA. Think about how crazy that front end of the schedule was for the Cowboys, who we had in the very basement of the, of the uh, power rankings. Uh, and they're just shooting right up that list. We'll be able to talk about that next hour. Hi, uh, headline number 10, Iowa State, speaking of teams that are just absolutely – outperforming I think what people's expectations were the Cyclones are now in a four-way tie at the top of the Big 12 standings they all have their they're all four and one and man the Cyclones Mitch continue to perform week in and week out that suddenly is a scary game with them coming to Provo in a couple of weeks no question and, and headline number 11 Baylor who Iowa State defeated 30 to 18 their offensive woes showed up once again so those changes that AD Mac Rhodes asked for from the offense it showed up for a week but it came back down to earth, and you know Blake Shapin put up a lot of passes, so they delivered on that front, but their ground game is just non-existent, and, and that's where the heart of Baylor is, and it just hasn't been found, and that's why they are a team that's floundering down the stretch. Last but not least on our, on our headlines here to start off the show on 1st and 12, the college football playoff rankings are coming out this week. I love it because now you kind of know what you have with these teams, mm -hmm. and it gets more and more interesting. People are trying to you know, jostle for that position. And, and, you know, this is where the beginning of the season rankings matter, right? And right when Oklahoma thinks, all right, we might sneak in here at the front end, they lose, take their eye off the ball. That was probably the only chance of getting somebody in the in the, in the the top four or five maybe to be able to be at the in that college football playoff conversation. But, uh, yeah, 
top 10 wise mitch what's it going to look like is texas obviously is the number seven team they they probably uh, you know make a case of themselves to be right up there but they got one loss already on the season i don't know i don't know who the big 12 is going to have uh you know in that top 10 i think that you probably see oklahoma just outside the top 10 maybe at number 10 uh but you still have four weeks left and, and certainly if you're in the top 10 you got a shot if there's any hope of the Big 12 producing a playoff team this year, they need to be in the top seven. Uh, but I'm with you. I, I think they're going to be left out. The only team that might be in that that top ten to me is Texas because I feel like they're one of those playoff committee darling type teams. For sure. Computers might not like them, but I think that the the committee, the coach on the will put his fist on the table and say, that's a good football team with the talent, right. the recruiting yeah. rankings. So there's maybe hope for Texas, but I think everyone else – Kansas State, Oklahoma, you're going to be outside the top ten and and be looking up and hoping to, to make a late season exactly push right. to climb you know, that thing. You know exactly how that meeting goes. They're meeting at the Gaylord Hotel <laughs> in DFW area. Everybody get together. Let's see. Let's talk some football. Uh, yeah, Mark Harlan's on that committee now uh, mm-hmm. from the University of Utah. So, I, you know, I'm interested to see how this thing shakes out and how – they start to kind of jostle with those teams. I love unveiling those. We'll unveil them as soon as they go live on JJ and Alex on Tuesday when those rankings happen. All right, let's jump to the second portion of the show. We're going to get out to this BYU and Texas breakdown. Mitch was in Texas. Mitch is still in Texas, but Mitch was in uh, at the stadium for this one yesterday. And uh, it was a lot. It was a lot to consume, and there's so many things to talk about. Unfortunately, a lot of negatives for this BYU offense uh, and this team overall losing 35-6 to against Texas in Austin. We'll come back. we got more to go. Stay right here all the way, rest of the way, with First and 12. Right here, 97.5 the KSL Zone and KSL News Radio. Can't get enough BYU football? Listen to Cougar Nation. Mitch Harper takes your calls Monday nights from 6 to 7 on KSL News Radio. Podcast at KSLNewsRadio.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. It is first and 12, Alex Keery, Mitch Harper. Thanks for being with us. Our program, of course, airs every Sunday, 10 to noon, right here on KSL News Radio and the KSL Sports Zone 97.5. But also, you can download the podcast. Why don't you just do yourself a favor? Uh, do what everybody does. The kids do it these days, Mitch. They they listen to podcasts. That's how they that's how they stay up to date on sports, and also just on anything else. It's, it has anything to do with anything on the planet. That's how you can uh, dial in and listen. So download the podcast first and twelve every week. It's all brought to you by Macy's. Happy shopping, Mitch. BYU versus Texas. You're of course down there in Austin. You're still down there in Austin. Uh, happy travels today back. Uh, by the way, but. Uh, the loss, 35-6, to six, could be a little bit – I don't want to be that guy that goes, yeah, the score made it look like it was worse than it really was. But that's the case. Uh, you and I both, we try not to go too far into anything before we actually get to talk about this on the program. But I thought Jay Hill's defense did a phenomenal job of holding off a very, very good Texas team all day. I think uh, it was a massive – victory at those goal lines to to beat them on those fourth on those fourth and shorts and on fourth and goal I think on one of them and fourth and one they could have still converted a first down I mean BYU was penetrating into the backfield they had I think seven TFLs and a sack they were ready at the at the line of scrimmage for Texas you can't say the same thing about the offense they just looked horrendous today or offense was bad once again. I mean, yeah. offense let BYU down again, and they go on the road and come into Texas, and it was just a no-show. And 
didn't help matters that LJ Martin was out and he's dealing with an injury. And it's interesting, you know, last week, you know, when asked about LJ Martin in the post game, Kalani kind of downplayed it and didn't think it was much of anything. And that's why Aiden Robbins closed out the game. Well, clearly it was something as, as he was, he's now dealing with an injury and he's, and he's out. He did go through warmups, but still he would not have changed yeah. the outcome. BYU's offense has some serious issues and, you know, they, they showed some moments where they were a little bit more aggressive going for it on fourth down, but there was just never any threat for Texas. And I think that was one of the reasons why Steve Sarkeesian wanted Malik Murphy and that offense to go for it on fourth and twos, even though they were up by 15 at 21 to six, you felt like go for the field goal and it's going to be a three possession game. He just knew that BYU's offense was not a threat Wasn't, to go yeah. 98 yards. So might as well go for it yeah. and give Malik Murphy and that young offense uh, some confidence they couldn't do, and credit to the BYU defense for stepping up and trying to show up and give the offense a chance. The takeaway from Crew Wakely, the the forced fumble from Zay Banya, who showed up. I mean, we were we were talking on your show, JJ and Alex, on on Friday, and you know that was a guy that said got to show up, and he right. did. And you know I think BYU defensively can build on of what they did, but offensively there's a lot of questions and not enough answers and. And you're now heading into the final month of the season where you feel like, what do you turn to at this offense? Because I don't think they feel like there's anything that, of confidence right now heading into the final month. Yeah, and I think that the, re- the reality has hit, too, that 5-3 and three is, you know, that's, that's an okay record right now. But looming are four really, really tough games that, I mean, bottom line, you're not going to be favored in a one of those Mitch I don't know you tell me I don't think that they're going to be favored in any of these games the rest of the way I think the only big 12 game they were favored in was that Cincinnati game and it was what a minus one you know Mm -hmm. and and Cincinnati has turned out not to be very good I mean it's going to be they're going to be scratching and crawling for that sixth win dude like I can't I don't know if BYU fans I don't know if their hearts can take it man because it it really to get to five and two and honestly be looking at the rest of the schedule and go, I don't know how you're going to score enough points to be able to get to the spot where you can win a dang football game, even if you're at home. So it was wild, too. I, I will, you know, what, what was it, a nine-minute? Was it a nine-minute uh, drive in the third quarter? And yes. I thought, this is very interesting because BYU hasn't done this all year, and they're doing it in Austin? Like, this is it seems strange. Something got figured out a little bit, at least with the run game in the second half. I don't know if they decided, hey, they're doing X, and so let's do Y. Uh, there was a, more of a push in the second half. And, I, and you know, they were, I think, before, uh, a couple, I think before the two sacks in the second half, it ended up being, you know, they got under the 100-yard mark overall. But I think they were at 108 total rushing before they got back under again with those sacks, which is just demoralizing. But... They ran the ball a little bit more effectively than they have against other teams. No matter, though, uh, the biggest the biggest thing, again, I mean, my heavens, third downs, two for 13 on the day. They don't even crack 300 yards again. I mean, they have a hard time getting to 300 yards a game, Mitch. And at this point, this is your identity until we see otherwise. BYU's offense is just abysmal, and it's so embarrassing, I think, to have guys like Isaac Rex – or Chase Roberts, or Darius Lasseter, who had a nice game yesterday. Uh, I, you know, you have all these dudes making that you can make plays for you. A massive back in Aiden Robbins, a flashy new guy, freshman in L.J. Martin, uh, a, a veteran quarterback who's got over 11,000 yards passing, and you can't scrum together 
300 yards on a weekly basis, and you scored six points again uh, yesterday, and it just doesn't help your total. You're going to be you're on your you're already well on your way to be at the very bottom of the conference in terms of the offense, but it's really the bottom of the country, and and that's I mean that's a head scratcher. And Kalani said it yesterday, and we'll hear a little bit of it ne- uh, you know next on his comments. But when he said, you know, that's my buddy who's running the offense over there. I trust him. He was an old teammate of mine. Uh, it's starting to get real shaky, I think, for folks and Aaron Roderick. It is, and and Roderick does, deserves a lot of the blame, I think, right now. And and you can also point some of the blame on on Keaton Slovis too. You know, should BYU have have maybe just went with Jake Retzlaff to get a look? I think that with this game, Slovis gets a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because of the opponent. But I'm telling you, Alex, if these struggles continue against West Virginia, who we we know following this league week in week out has been pretty solid this week, but or this season. But if they, but they're no Texas in terms of talent. So no, no, no. you got to perform. And now the you're getting to the threshold too, where hey, four games for Jake Retzlaff, you can play him, and it's not going to hurt his eligibility. So he, Keith Slovis is on notice too, because the month of October was not pretty. He had three games. None of those games he ended up over 200 yards. So that has to improve the passing game, and it doesn't help matters when at the last you know five minutes or so of the game. Chase Roberts is being uh, examined by trainers with a left hamstring, and it's just things are mounting up for BYU's offense. It's not going well. But the good thing is, as we talked about, the defense, I feel confident that they're a group that's going to at least get you two takeaways a game. And they did that yesterday, and I feel like they're going to continue to be an opportunistic group. Jay Hill has done an outstanding job with this defense. You look at some of the stats, too. You know, 6 of 11 on third downs for Texas. You want to improve that number, but still – Still, I feel like there's a feeling of playmakers are emerging on the defense and they can make big-time plays, which was something that wasn't happening the past few years. And, and they, I thought they, they rose the occasion in stretches yeah. against a Texas program that you would think would just maul BYU in the trenches. And that wasn't the case. And I feel like that's something you can definitely build on. You tell me, but I watched Atunaisamahe have a really good game. Yeah. Like, I mean, he was penetrating. He was – he was getting off the ball, and it was like he knew, like, I got to show up. I got to get some penetration into the backfield here. And the whole D-line, I think, did a pretty darn good job. And it wasn't even just mixing up, you know, creative stunts or anything like that. They were beating their guys, Mitch. It was it was really good. I do have to nitpick. I think one really underrated bad moment of the game for BYU that, that you know, you look back and go coulda, woulda, shoulda was on Crew Wakely's interception – uh, when he gets down, I don't know where he ended up. I think it was at the ten. And when that flag Texas came, ten. Out, it was at the Texas ten. And you know where I'm going with this. But the Max Tooley illegal block, the the crack block uh, during the return, which was unnecessary because it was behind the play. I think he just is an aggressor. You know, like he he just wants to get after dudes. Uh, it ended up putting BYU at their own 45, which was a death sentence. You know, I mean, yeah. especially knowing where that offense was. So then you just, so then it became a, you know, the defense gets demoralized. You turn over the ball, uh, and your offense isn't going to move. You stop a fourth and goal, and you're going to be punting from the end zone in two and a half minutes, right? I mean, that's that's demoralizing when you look up and it's 95 degrees on the sideline. You look up and you see. Ryan Rico already punting in your own end zone where you just stopped the offense of Texas and you go, oh, my gosh, we got to go back out there again, like immediately, you know. So those are th- that, was, that was a play 
that was a positive and a ne- and a huge negative all rep- wrapped up in one. Uh, it was just it was just it was a killer, and and I think it was underrated in the moment because you're like, oh, nice takeaway for BYU. Oh, bummer, they're throwing 45. I remember looking and going, they're not moving anywhere past midfield. It's so true, and I think another underrated thing from the game, Alex, that it's not a huge storyline, but it was just subtle when every yard mattered. Was the return game decisions? Keelan Marion, oh Parker gosh. Kingston. Kick Why? returns and punt returns. They were returning the ball basically at, at the goal line. It's like, guys, you can just fair catch it, and you're going to go back to the 25. They yeah. would return it, and then they're starting at the 15. Decisions like that were just so costly for BYU in a game where those 10 yards are critical. It yeah. seems minimal, but it was just a, a big deal for BYU, and they got to get better from that. And you know, you'll, you'll hear from Kalani Satake coming up next. We got to take a break. First and 12 brought to you by Macy's Grocery Store. Get the freshest fruits and vegetables from local farms and your favorite local brands. Macy's Happy Shopping. How does Kalani react to this loss to Texas 35 to 6? You'll hear from the headman next. It's first and 12 here on KSL News Radio and the KSL Sports Zone. The following is a presentation of KSL Sports. First and 12. A total roundup of this weekend's BYU football and the new look Big 12 Conference. First and 12 is sponsored by Macy's Grocery Store. Your hosts are Mitch Harper and Alex Keery on KSL News Radio and the KSL Sports Zone. Happy Sunday to everyone coming to you from Austin, Texas. Mitch Harper, Alex Keery. BYU falls in a tough one to the number seven Texas Longhorns, 35 to six. Head coach Kalani Satake, well, he saw a lot of opportunities to close that margin, but far too many mistakes. Here's the head man, Kalani Satake, after the game. Okay, well, uh, I'll start now. Just a real quick statement. Um, obviously, not not the outcome that we wanted, um, and uh, I think there's, if you look at it, for the thing that stands out to me is there's missed opportunities that we had and all three phases and uh, um, inability for us to weather some things and then also to take advantage of opportunities that we had. But uh, I hate saying that like like we had everything to do with it and I think you have to give a lot of credit to Texas and uh, to Sark and his staff. They did a great job. It's a great team. There's a reason why they're still in the, uh, the playoff contention talk uh, and they deserve to be in that. And, uh, it's a great team and, and you, when you're playing against great teams, you can't make the amount of stakes that we made and uh, hope to get a, a victory out of that. Now, I'm proud of the way our players played. Uh, they're tough. Our guys are resilient, but uh, just missed opportunities and, um, and and riddled with a lot of mistakes, though. And that's my job as head coach is to, is to handle all the mistakes. And uh, I'll do a better job getting our guys ready. But I, I felt like uh, we had such great <clears throat> prep going into this week. And, um, you know, even though you have great prep and you have plans on how things are going to go, you have to give credit to the great talent on the other side and, and, the, and the, the amazing coaching you know, that they've done. You guys know how I feel about Sark. Um, I know that uh, all BYU faithful are going to cheer for him and uh, wish him the best. Uh, he's, he's a good friend of mine, and, and um, uh, I just wish we could have given them more of a fight, you know, more in the, in, the, in the scoreboard. In terms of fighting, I thought the guys fought to the end and, and, uh, and didn't, didn't ever give up, but I felt like the uh, – Texas showed their their identity at the end, just taking over, just relying on the run game, um, going to Brooks and just pounding the ball. And and uh, I think um, that's, that was a good move for them, you know. And, and uh, we, we weren't able to make some plays. And uh, but 
Um, we're going to build from this. I feel good about our team and our culture and, and where we're at. Obviously, the score doesn't is not going to indicate the, our identity. We're still building on, on on things and trying to progress as a team. So I feel really good about that. Uh, I just got to do a better job getting our guys ready. But the guys will fight. They're obedient. They try to do everything we ask them to. And uh, I just need to do a better job, get them in a better position to have success in all three phases. So uh, good luck to Texas. And uh, it was an honor to be here. I thought their fans were amazing. What a, what a cool uh, venue and a, an amazing experience. Um, you know, I've always, this is my first time being here. And, and uh, uh, fans have treated us with respect. And we're, we're good to us as much as you can to an opponent. And uh, I thought it was a really good experience, other than the scoreboard. But uh, thank you to, to Texas Faithful and to their, their football team. I thought, I thought they represented really well. And uh, it was an honor to be on this field. And looking forward to someday playing against them uh, in the future. So uh, I'll take any questions you guys have. Talk about the defense. After two stops inside the five-yard line on fourth down, forced a fumble, able to give yourself a chance in the fourth quarter to come back. Yeah, and I, I just I think we had some missed opportunities. But those guys just kept they just kept playing hard to the end, and um, I think that long run at the end just kind of left left a little sour taste in the whole th thing. But um, we we're create some turnovers, and um, you know, there, but there's still a lot of mistakes. I, I, I uh, against really good teams, you can't shoot yourself in the foot with some of the missed assignments that we had, and that's uh, the, like I said, that's my job, get them better. But the guys fought hard, and I, again, you have to give credit to Texas. They're a difficult opponent. I've been saying that all week. Uh, when we see them on film, they just pop out the the talent and the depth and the coaching. And uh, you could tell that they have a really good culture within their system. Uh, I know a lot of those coaches on the staff, and you can tell this this thing's starting to really build. And uh, I think they're going to be, um, you know, one of those teams that, that have a shot at the end. And uh, knowing Sark the way I do, I'm going I'm to wish them the best of luck and, and cheer for their success. Uh, the teams have just hurt, have seemed to be regressed. Why is that? And, and why is your Kick return, returning the ball, and only getting to the 15-yard line. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll, we'll have to fix. I guess I can't answer all that in one in one answer, but uh, I got to do a better job. That, that, that's the easy answer. And um, our players try hard; they give us all their effort. Maybe we're not doing something right in, in terms of uh, getting them in the right position. So that's my job. I'll get it right. I'll, I'll figure it out. Um, but I, I can I can trust that the guys are going to give us their effort. And, and uh, you're right. I, I think maybe sometimes. In Texas, they, they, they're able to uh, – the kicker does a great job of pinning the ball and making things really difficult on the return. So you have to give them credit for that. And then their punt returner, I mean, what a great athlete, you know. We've seen that before. And, and it was just a, one of those things that it looked like a slow motion um, that he was able just to make guys miss. And, and then it was just over and he was in the end zone. And that was a hard way to start the game. But the guys kept fighting back from it. And, um, you know, we created some turnovers. We had an opportunity to be in the red zone and, and had a penalty to bring it back. It's just little things like that that, that uh, got to teach our guys to be a little bit more disciplined, and that's that's my job. And so yeah, we'll, we'll figure it all out. And from on the special side, uh, special team side of things, all three phases, we we got to win at least two of them to have a chance. And, and if we can dominate and win all three, then then uh, we'll have the outcomes like what Texas did to us today. At the end of that nine-minute drive in the second quarter, um, you're down at the two. Why did you elect to go for a field goal there? And was there? Something like you didn't line up. Like, what kind of happened there? Yeah, we had a breakdown in, in the communication and, and getting the play that we wanted to set up. And then uh, in that angle, it was just like, okay, we kick the field goal, or, or do we uh, get some points and get some positive things from it? And uh, easier to get the delay game, back it up, and, and, and have a better angle at the kick. Um, I don't know. I, I felt like we were going for it so many times. Let's just keep it, keep it going and see if we can punch it in. But 
Uh, we, we'll evaluate all those things. That's on coaches. That's on, that's on the players. That's on me and, and our staff. Was the offensive staff aware of the back-to-back timeout rules this year? That was my fault. That wasn't on them. Yeah, the, 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 uh, we didn't have things set up. And, and I think the, the goal was to try to maybe draw them off sides, get a little bit closer. So we, we have um, – there's such a good front. They're so big, and it's just you just can't assume that you're going to just make easy yards by punching it in. But at least it gives us more options when you're, we're – a yard closer, even if it's half the distance. And, and so we were thinking about doing that, but the clock was, with the, with the new rules, the clock goes so much faster. And that, that, that's my fault. I got to get these guys right. And then I didn't, I didn't, uh, didn't think about it before. So that's one of those new rules that, that, uh, that uh, we had got to be adjusted to. And normally we were reminded of it and, and our guys will silently remind me of it, but I, that was my fault. Kalani, we talked about how this is a game of inches. Mm-hmm. It's a two score game, third down. And Darius comes open, and the ball's maybe an inch high. He's made some great catches and just lights up his fingers, sets them up for kind of the TD to put it away. When you have one of those moments that's that close, what what's the response? What do you what do you do as a coach? You learn from it, and and uh, you 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 look at the the situations and where you can learn from it and get better. And I think adversity. Uh, is a great teacher for us, you know, and so whether we win or lose, I want our guys to keep progressing and learning. That's that's my job, and, um, and I, but I want our coaches and myself to keep learning too, and um, we'll learn from this. Uh, it's it's a it's a tough lesson, but um, sometimes school hard knocks is a great teacher, so uh, I'm okay with it. Do you feel like your team made progress today in some areas, and if so? I do. I th- I do felt like we made some progress, and I, and I and I the one thing I can count on is that I I told you that their efforts there, the energy's there, the fans were amazing. Our our fans showed up all over the place, and they're spread out throughout the stadium. But man, just just thankful for them. And so I, I think there's a lot of really good things that happened here. Um, we just got to be better on the field, but there's a lot of things to be thankful for. I'm I'm grateful I get to coach this team, and that we have a wonderful fan base, and um, great that we had an opportunity against a, a great opposing team. You know, and, and it's led by uh, uh, my teammate and, uh, and a former Cougar, and so I'm really proud of them. But um, we could do some things better, and, and we plan on, on learning from it and, and getting better from this. And we'll lift our chins up and get better and, and find it to do it with a positive attitude. I believe in these guys, and there's still a lot more to play for. Mitch, was that you asking Kalani that aggressive question about the quarterback spark? Uh, were you in there getting in there? Did you get did you did you get Kalani a little grumpy at you during the presser there? Hey, he, he did can't get a little anything. grumpy at me. He's a like, hey, though. you know what? He's getting some pressure back there. You can't help it. He's got <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Throw Jake Redslap in there, but he's got no time to throw. Uh, I get it. I mean, everybody was frustrated, and I get trying to defend Keaton because there, there are moments, but I mean, there were also a couple of throws right at the beginning of the game too, that mm-hmm. were almost straight into the arms of defenders. And, you know, they lose the turnover battle this week 3-2. to two. When your defense was able to get those two against Texas, you, the very least you can do is just hold Pat and don't turn the ball over. That's a huge one for them. But uh, massive, massive uh, deal for Kalani. And uh, I do hope that they match up again against Texas at some point in the future because it would mean it would be in a pretty big game situation or a nice bowl. So there you go. All right, we'll take a break here. We'll come back, talk about our featured game of the week. And it was a dandy in Lawrence. Yes, the Kansas Jayhawks pulling off the upset over the Oklahoma Sooners. We'll have that next right here with you, 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone and KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM, 1160 AM. It is first and 12. Read all the stories about BYU sports no one else has heard. Go to kslsports.com for exclusive columns by BYU insider Mitch Harper. That's kslsports.com.
Welcome back, everybody. It is first and twelve right here with you, KSL News Radio. Also on the KSL Sports Zone every Sunday, Mitch Harper and myself, Alex Keery, we break down our Big Twelve uh, weekend that was everything that that kind of came out of the conference, and we're getting a little bit more of a focused look at what the conference is becoming. And it, I'll tell you what it's becoming is you got teams who are figuring themselves out. You have other teams that are falling way off. Some teams that just can't decide in the middle. Uh, and then at the very, very top, our game of the week, of course, was Oklahoma visiting Kansas, and that's what it ended up being. And it ended up being an upset, and they threw the goalposts into the river, Mitch. So that's the end of it. They don't have goalposts anymore <laughs> in Kansas. They get the win over Oklahoma 38-33. to And you know what? It was a back and forth. It was exactly what you wanted out of, uh, out of you know, these two teams. And, man – how about Bean coming in and saying we don't you don't need the Big Twelve preseason conference player of the year under center. I'll take care of this whole thing for you. I loved to see Kansas beat Oklahoma, even if it does make the top of the conference an absolute mess. It does, and Kansas ends an eighteen game losing streak to Oklahoma. You gotta wow. go back to nineteen ninety seven, the second year wow. of the Big Twelve conference to see Kansas beating OU and to do it on the year where OU's heading out the door, going to the SEC. What a parting shot for Kansas, giving Oklahoma a loss. I mean, because this, these two, oddly enough, you don't think of it because of the just the massive gap between programs, but these are old rivals that have played for more than 115 times, and and the, Kansas hands them an L, and I think that's pretty pretty big deal for Kansas, and they get bowl eligibility again for the second consecutive year in this win, so. Such a big win for Kansas, and to do it, too, with Jason Bean, because there's been rumblings, and it feels like so many people have been wondering, kind of similar to, it reminds me of the Cam Rising situation at Utah when that was a mystery. What's going on with Jalen Daniels? Is he just sitting out? Does he want to just stay sideline? Is he bracing to move on? But, you know, Jason <laughs> Bean just steps in, continues to be the guy for KU, and he got this offense humming, and they've always had this ability to be this high-powered offense, and they showed it. And on the downside, Oklahoma, some of their downfalls on the defensive side reared yeah. its ugly face again, and that's going to be something where they have to fix going forward down the stretch run. You know, it's wild because it's a little bit like Texas, too, where you walk onto a field against Texas, you know who the better athletes are. Like, you see them, and you mm -hmm. know who the big, the big names are, and it was the case yesterday with Texas. But at the same time, you can match up. You know, if you scheme these guys, you'll be able to get them. I mean, UCF. I mean, they were, they were this close last week uh, down in Norman. And, and so Kansas to say, no, we're going to stick in there with a backup quarterback. We're going to have a game plan. And you know what he didn't do? He didn't throw the ball all over the place. He was, you know, very middle of the road when it came to throwing the football, in, including throwing a couple of picks. But they just, I mean, to, to get almost 450 yards of offense, Brent Venables, I mean, he's a defense guy. Like, right? I mean, this is supposed to be somebody who – you know, uh, is supposed to have that kind of toughness that he brought with him from Clemson, and they just have they just have not been that defense yet uh, that 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 I think that they were hoping they were going. Oh, certainly, they've improved, but like you said, they've reared their ugly heads uh, quite a few times down the road. But uh, it, it's made it for a mess. I mean, you look at the conference standings, and you know you have a, a handful of teams now who are four and one, including your your you know Kansas State, who we sort of wrote off for a minute, right? And, I mean, how about freaking Iowa State, Mitch? I don't know what to say about the Cyclones. I don't know what to say about, you know, Texas and Oklahoma are exactly where they're supposed to be. I'll say, too, when they had it at – you tell me you were at the stadium yesterday. 
But when they showed the Oklahoma score on the on the board at the stadium, like the players reacted on the sidelines on TV. And I think that they were also like, let's go. There's a window open here. We're going to jump through it if Oklahoma just crapped the bed, and they did. And that probably helped a little bit of the situation too where they go, all right, buckle down. We can't lose to BYU because it was pretty – it was in the first half. It, you know, it wasn't uh, – it, it was, you know, 20 minutes into the game. So, yeah, it was a big it was a big win for Kansas. I think it's cool for them, and, and it's a program, you know, builder. And Lance Leipold, like he's – you're behind the eight ball already when you come in to coach uh, football at Kansas. But – He's done a great job with them so far this year, especially knowing that Jalen Daniels has been out so much. So, uh, all right, let's uh, take the break here. We'll come back next hour. We have tons. Our second hour, of course, always features our Big 12 Power Rankings that is, uh, you know, starting to take some shape here. Now that we – I mean, we didn't know anything. We still don't. But week nine, <laughs> now into the year, hopefully you know a little bit more. We'll come back. Our program, as always, brought to you by Macy's. Happy shopping. We're going to take that break here. We'll come back. It's first and 12. Alex Keery, Mitch Harper. Stay right here with us.